What makes a great leader great? How do we create a high-performing team? And when we say leader, we mean everyone, because everyone is leading their own life. Will yours be a life by design or a life by default? Those are the big questions, and this podcast will answer them. Welcome to the Becoming Your Best podcast, where we help you apply the 12 principles of highly successful leaders, because great leaders will produce great results. Okay, welcome back to our Becoming Your Best podcast family. This is Rob Schallenberger, your host for today, and welcome wherever you're at in the world. We're here in sunny Utah. It's a beautiful spring day and just a gorgeous day. You know, I love spring. It's a time of rejuvenation. It's just an exciting time of year. And we have a cool guest with us on our podcast today. This will be one that'll be fun. This is one you can share with your family, your friends, coworkers. This person, I'll introduce him here in just a few minutes, has really become a good friend over the last few months. And I I have the utmost respect for him. So I'll introduce him. I just wanted to give a quick reminder and shout out. If you haven't already gone to the Becoming Your Best University and registered, there are several powerful free courses that you can get access to there, as well as some other courses that you can invest in. You know, it's free for you. Share that with your family and your friends. It's such an incredible resource, and you can access it from anywhere in the world. So becomingyourbestuniversity.com. Go get some of those resources and watch them. They're, they're simple, they're easy to access, and easily shareable and implementable. All right, so with that being said, let's jump into this. I'd like to welcome our guest, Chad Lewis. And like I mentioned a little while ago, I've really gotten to know Chad on a personal level, and we don't invite anyone onto this podcast unless we feel like they're a person that exemplifies becoming your best. And Chad is certainly a person of character. He has my total respect. What he does in his personal life and his professional life is is just amazing to watch from the outside. And and that's a big deal because you can't say that about a lot of people anymore these days. And so I'll give a little bit of background on Chad as way of introduction, and then he can, he can share with you a lot more in detail. Chad played, I think it was nine years. Is that right, Chad? Nine years in the NFL? That's right. Yeah, that's so, right. So nine years in the NFL with the Eagles, with the Rams, three-time Pro Bowler. I mean, that says a lot about him right there and his professional accomplishments. He's a family man. He's married, several children. He wrote a book, which is an incredible book, Surround Yourself with Greatness. I invite everyone who's listening to the podcast to go get that book and read it. It has some great stories in it. And now Chad is working with BYU. He's retired. He lives not far away from our office and just an incredible all-around man. So excited to have him here and for him to share some of his lessons. So welcome, Chad. Thanks so much for having me, Rob. It was good. We'll have a lot of fun here in the next few minutes. <laughs> well, let's jump right in this. If you don't mind, why don't you give the listeners, because you know there's people listening to this all over the world. and some know who you are. I mean, they'd love to get your autograph and <laughs> be able to shake your hand. Others may not have any idea who you are. And so if you don't mind just sharing a little bit about your background, that would be helpful for folks. Yeah. My claim to fame is that I was a tight end for the Philadelphia Eagles for eight of my nine NFL years. I caught Donovan McNabb's first touchdown pass. We went to the Super Bowl with the Philadelphia Eagles. We were beat by the New England Patriots by three points down in Jacksonville in 2005. I played collegiately at BYU as a tight end. My skills as a tight end were catching the ball, running good routes. I came from Utah, where I was raised. I served a two-year mission for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints before I played college football in Taiwan, so I learned how to speak fluent Mandarin Chinese. Right before my mission, my dad had a massive stroke. He was a healthy physician. He delivered around 2,000 babies, 
And even though he was a marathon runner, he got a wicked infection from a tooth infection, which ended up causing a massive stroke. He survived the stroke and brain surgery, but that event changed my life. And then, and then it led me to what I just said, mission in Taiwan, a walk-on scholarship earning career as a football player at BYU, unrestricted free agent, entered into the NFL, played nine years, and then to where I now work for BYU and the athletic department. It's a pretty amazing background. I wish we had time to go into all of the story and how this came about. I actually just had Chad come speak to my son's high school football team, Wasatch High School, and just a phenomenal story. And I wish we could go more into that. I'd really like to get into, Chad, let's start with your book, and then we're going to get into some of your experiences from the NFL. What's the gist of your book? What's it about? And, and why did you write it? The title is Surround Yourself with Greatness. And it came to me about one year into my experience as a missionary in Taiwan. Right before I went to Taiwan, my dad had a massive stroke. And in his hospital room, as he was recovering from that stroke, he listened to great music. And his music was Beethoven's Ninth Symphony, The Ode to Joy. He loved it. And when he listened to it, he would weep. And so anyone that came into his hospital room, he couldn't but be affected by his response to this music. My mom went at the same time and got a, a little book down at the bookstore. She called it our blessings book. And it was just a journal where we would each night gather as a family and write down our blessings. And so here in this hospital room for two months as my dad was recovering, learning how to walk again, learning how to tell time, learning how to eat again. As a family, we were, we were blessed with miracle after miracle. And then I went to Taiwan, and it was a year after I was in Taiwan that I realized what had happened in that hospital room a year before, that there was an atmosphere where miracles could take place. And the atmosphere to me was my dad surrounded himself with greatness, great music, family, friends, everything good. Well, I was a normal high school kid. I knew the absolute difference between good music and bad music, good movies and bad movies. And as a 19, 20-year-old kid, I decided I want to surround myself with greatness. When I come home from this mission, I want to walk on to the football team. I want to play football. When I come home, I want to listen to great music. I want to watch great movies. I want to read great books. I want to be around great people. Everything that I put around myself, I want it to be great. I want to build that pile so high that it takes me with it. Sometimes, in fact, a lot of times we don't have the choice to place, like if we're working in an environment, I'm on a football team, I can't pick all my teammates, but I can certainly pick the great aspects about my teammates. So I can focus hopefully on those and not on, you know, anything else. And in that way, I can still surround myself with greatness. And I feel like not just myself, but if all of us, when we make a conscious decision to surround ourselves with good things and with great things, it changes everything. And we have a chance to be successful, happy, have peace in our lives, move forward. The flip side of that is if we surround ourselves with skunk, we're going to stink. And everyone knows what that means. <laughs> Man, I could not agree with you more. One of my favorite quotes, and a lot of people have heard this, is that we become the average of the five people we spend the most time with. I mean, really, if you, we look at who our circles are, that's almost financially. It's our attitude. It's the way we approach life. And if I understand what you're saying there correctly from your book, there's really two parts to this. When we're talking about surrounding ourselves with greatness, it's both on the personal side of the equation, but it's also the environment, something we can do professionally, 
but it's also something personally. In other words, you know, I just shared that quote, the five people who we surround ourselves with is what will become the average of. Well, that's one aspect, but you're also talking about the, at the personal level, the music we listen to, what we do behind closed doors. So really both aspects of that. Well, when you talk about what we do behind closed doors, that's our foundation. That is who we are. Amen. That's our backbone. That's our structure. So if our structure is strong, we have a chance as we build on top of that skeleton to be powerful. If the very essence of who we are is weak, all of us have weaknesses. That's one of the things that helps us to be humble. But if we can work on those weaknesses and make our structure strong and sound and have integrity, now we've got a chance. Well, and ironically, all of our listeners are going to be familiar with the 12 principles of highly successful leaders. It's not lost on me that principle number one is be true to character. <laughs> That's what happens behind closed doors is the backbone. And I love your analogy of, you know, you play with a skunk, you're going to stink. <laughs> Carrying on this theme of surrounding ourselves with greatness, as you look back at your NFL experience with the Eagles, the Rams, what was one of your most standout experiences? You know, as you look back and you say, that particular experience, if you can narrow it down to one or two, really had a big impact on your life. Whether it was a lesson learned or whatever it was, what's an experience that had a big impact on you? Well, the experience was definitely going to the Super Bowl, and it was made possible by two main people. Andy Reid, my head coach, the head coach for the Eagles for several years, he's now the head coach for the Kansas City Chiefs, and Donovan McNabb, my quarterback. So those two men and who they were and how they lived, how they prepared for work each day, how they prepared for work in the offseason. Those two guys, in concert with the rest of the team, the rest of the organization, that's what powered us to go to the, to the Super Bowl. And when I think back about my career playing with Donovan, going to meeting after meetings, traveling with him, doing stuff in the offseason together, doing stuff during the season, what an incredible guy and a, a force. He had athletic ability that there was no limit to what he could do on the football field, his strength, his speed, his athletic ability. And then Andy Reid, his ability to organize as a head coach, to inspire confidence, to run not just the football team, because that's, that's one aspect, but to run the organization. Jeffrey Lurie was our incredible owner, and he gave Andy the freedom and the ability to run that organization. So to have the wherewithal to run the organization and to lead it through the ups and the downs, the, the full hot specter of the pressure of Philadelphia media and the national media in your face and to still perform at a high level. That was, it was intense. It was rewarding. That was it right there. Going to the Super Bowl, but going with my teammates, but specifically my head coach, Andy Reid and my quarterback, Donovan McNabb. Isn't that amazing? I mean, there's this, there's this mantra that we've been using lately that really becoming your best centers on three things, people, culture, and strategy. And what you're talking about right there is the people, the people and the culture, the culture that Andy created and the people, Donovan McNabb, you and the, and the other team members. If the people part of the equation is broken, you rarely see someone ever go beyond mediocrity as a team, as a person. And that's why I love your book, Surround Yourself with Greatness. Donovan McNabb, leadership in Andy Reid and the owner to give Andy Reid the flexibility to do what he needed. Great thoughts. Here's a question that we don't often get asked. And I don't like to look at failures. You know, it's just a negative place to focus and I don't like the negative energy. However, if we look at it from this angle, this is why I'm going to ask this question. There's something that you learn from this because like you said, all of us have challenges. We have setbacks, things that happen in life that we didn't plan for. Everyone can relate to that. We've all experienced it. And so as you've gone through this journey from BYU walk-on, NFL star, you know, now post-NFL, 
What's an experience you've had as you look back through your life where you say, you know, that's what I would consider maybe one of my failures or that was a teaching moment for me, something that really stood out, whether it's something you wish you would have done differently, whatever, it doesn't matter. But what's an experience you've had that you consider to say, you know, that was a really challenging experience and this is what I learned from it or this is what it taught me? Well, we can go right back to the Super Bowl. I was not able to play in that Super Bowl because the game before the NFC Championship game against the Atlanta Falcons, I caught a touchdown pass with just under three minutes to go in the game, something like that. And catching that pass to seal the victory, I tore the Liz Frank ligament in my left foot, which is the most important ligament in your foot. Think of your foot as a compressed spring with so much energy compressed in there. Well, as soon as you tear that ligament, your spring has been sprung. You have no power in your foot. I required surgery on Wednesday after that game. I flew with my team on Sunday to Jacksonville. I spent the week with my team at the practice field in the hotel, but I wasn't able to play. I had two screws in my foot. So when my team entered the arena in Jacksonville, I was the last person out of the tunnel and I was on an old man jazzy scooter driving across the field. <laughs> and when I got to the sidelines and I was thinking how bad I wanted to play in that game that I'd always wanted to play in the Super Bowl. And what happened was I realized that I had 18 people from my family at the game, my parents, my wife, my brothers, their wives. And I realized that my family was my Super Bowl. And it wasn't the game but it was my family. And that made a a huge difference. So at a critical time in my life where I had my biggest challenge, could be my biggest setback. It was the best, worst day of my life, catching a touchdown, sending us to the Super Bowl, but breaking my foot at the same time. Couldn't be more ironic. I mean, it was just, it was crazy. It helped me realize that my family is, is my everything. And I have to remember that as I go through life. Man, isn't that the truth? And if you don't mind, I'll just take a second here to share this, and then we'll come back to you. There's been a couple of studies done. One was written by a friend in his book, The Five Keys to Longevity. How do you predict longevity? Diet, sleep, exercise, having a vision, a purpose for the heart to beat, and then this one. You just hit on it. The number one reason, the number one predictor of longevity is relationships. It's who we surround ourselves with and with all of us. I mean, here you are at your peak of stardom. All of that stuff's going to fade at some point in everybody's life whoever they're going to be, the spotlight will fade at some point. And so the question is, who's still going to be around when that spotlight fades? It's the family. It's the people close to us, our relationships. So I'm so glad you highlighted that because that's why we do so much of what we do. You know, what do the relationships look like in our lives? It's a good question for all of us to think about. And what are we doing to better those relationships with a spouse if we're married, with our children, with the people around us? Are we making time for what matters most? Here's another question for you, Chad. This is the one that I like to ask because You just never know what you're going to get. And if you had to narrow it down to just two minutes, if you had two minutes with someone and they just randomly ran into you and said, Chad, I really need some direction and I only have two minutes, share with me something, you know, your biggest lessons learned. What would you share with them in two minutes? What would you tell that person if you had two minutes with someone? Well, I walked onto the football team at BYU. Walking on meant that I did not have a scholarship to play college football. I walked to the coaches myself. I was a student at BYU. I said, can I play football? They gave me a chance. I tried out. I made the team. I eventually earned a scholarship on the team. I played for four years and then I went pro. Walking on is really hard because you have to go from zero to hero really fast. They don't have a lot of patience for walk-ons. You're not a scholarship player. 
And the difficulty of walking on and earning that scholarship meant everything to me. It gave me so much confidence. Well, guess what? When I went to the pros, I was not drafted. I essentially had to walk on as an undrafted free agent all over again. And it was really hard. You have to go from zero to hero faster. <laughs> and I made that team. And I made plays my rookie year. And I ended up playing for nine years. And what I found out is that walking on was the greatest blessing that I was ever given. And that life is a series of walking on. Everything we do, we're not given anything. We're not entitled to anything. We have to earn people's trust and respect. And that happens continually all the time. So that's that was my gift, to learn that I can be a walk-on and I can earn it. And so can everyone else. So doesn't that really also encapsulate this just mindset of never give up, that nobody's going to out-hustle you? My favorite quote from Winston Churchill is when he went back to his boys' grammar school and he told him during the war, never give up, never, ever, ever, ever give in. His talk was about 30 seconds long. They took 10 minutes to introduce him and he speaks for 30 seconds and he walks out of the building and to a stunned audience of people saying, that's right. And I, I believe that to my core. There's something about us as humans. If we keep trying, if we keep standing up, if we keep giving all we got, we will stand up on top of whatever it is we're trying to do. We'll make it. We can do it. Even if that top changes as we pursue it. But when we quit, when we give up, when we give in to our fears, then we're not able to use the gifts that we have been given, both from our creator and both from our parents, the way we were nurtured. So it's that element of not quitting, not giving in, just keep trying. That's everything to me. Yeah, that's such a powerful principle. And there's different times, and I think everyone listening to this can relate. There's some times in life where everything's working out fabulous. I mean, never give up. Of course, that's easy. We're not going to give up. But it's in the crucible of the test where it, you know, you're really tested on will we live that principle or not. And it's not that difficult when things are going well, when everything's going as planned, when we're on track with our vision. It's when you break your foot, you know, with three minutes left in the fourth quarter. And now, now what? What are we going to do? Or you have a career-ending injury. Now what? Now's when the real crucible of the test comes into play. I love what Rudy Rudiger said. You just can't beat a person who refuses to quit. You know, one of the things that stood out to me, Chad, when you spoke to the high school, building on your dad a little bit and coming back to your book, surrounding yourself with greatness, and what we do behind the quiet and the closed doors in our life is you came back and touched on that idea of confidence several times. Expand on that a little bit for our listeners, what you meant by that. You've touched on it on this podcast, but expand a little bit on this idea of confidence. Where does confidence come from? Why is confidence so important? To be great, especially in a football game, especially going against the best players in the world, you have to have confidence. You have to have a lot of confidence. You can't walk into a game thinking, I'm going to drop this pass. I'm going to run the wrong route. I'm going to screw up in front of my teammates and coaches and family in the world, or else you will. That is a self-fulfilling prophecy that I guarantee will happen. You have to go in with confidence saying, I'm going to run the right route. I'm going to get open. I'm going to make the play. I'm going to catch this ball. I'm going to score a touchdown. We're going to win the game. But to have confidence, it starts in the quiet moments. Where do we get our confidence? From reading scriptures, from reading good books, from being surrounded by powerful music, by the people who are around us. Some people are blessed with confidence in the face of being stuck in absolute crap holes. They have no people in their lives that are building them up, and somehow they still 
survive and thrive. That's that's amazing to me. But I think confidence comes from doing proper things, doing good things, surrounding ourselves with the right things, so that when we do enter that field of battle or into our offices where we have to compete on a daily basis for our work, we need confidence. And the things that erode confidence, true confidence, are the things that attack us and our souls. So right now, pornography is one of the greatest plagues in the history of humanity. And it's so addictive and so easy to be exposed to pornography. And pornography will destroy our goodness and confidence faster than anything. So that's one thing. When I talked to that football team up there, I reminded them that they have a responsibility to choose to look at good stuff. And don't for a second click and look at crappy stuff that's going to erode your confidence. Because when it comes to the time to go out on the field and perform in front of your family and friends, your teammates and coaches against an opposition that's prepared themselves, you have to have real confidence. And real confidence comes from all the way back when you're by yourself, your structure, your backbone, your foundation. And if you clean that up, you can have real confidence. Oh man, I just love this. So totally agree with you. Confidence, in my opinion, is something that emanates from our core. It's exactly what you're suggesting. And wouldn't you agree, Chad, that there's a difference between ego and confidence? Ego is to me, something that's, it's almost, I think of the word puffed up. Ego is something that is important to all of us. We have to have strong ego. But when I think of the word ego, I think of someone who's puffed up more than someone who's strong and sturdy and poised and meek and ready and confident. That's just me. That's how I look at it. Yeah. You know, that's it. I'm just thinking about some of the people who I've met throughout my life who I have the utmost respect for. And there's only a handful of those people. And it's amazing because when you look in their eyes, they can look straight at you into your eyes and there's this pure confidence that comes from within. And it doesn't mean they're perfect. We've all made mistakes, like you said, but it's what happens at the core when they can look right in your eyes versus ego. I've been around a lot of people who have this huge ego and it's puffed up. That's a good way to describe it. And to me that many times that can almost be a facade, like it's an outer shell, whereas the internal person, there's not a high level of confidence. In other words, some of the best leaders I've ever met are humbly confident, (laughs) if that makes sense. There's this humility about them because they know where they draw their power from, and yet they're very confident because they know where they draw their power from. That's right. I hope that's one of the biggest takeaways for all of us. I'm sitting here thinking about it right now. You know, what are the decisions that we're making in our lives? Are they building our confidence or are they destroying and eroding it? Are they strengthening our marriages, our relationships with our children, or are they eroding it? And these are all choices that we have on a daily basis. And ultimately, they'll define who we are. That's what it's all about. Well, Chad, as we get ready to wrap this up, there's been some great nuggets that I hope people have glommed onto. It's going to cause me to think for the rest of the day here about my own life, leadership at home and personally and and with our team and organization. A couple of things. One, you have a golf tournament that you've started that you use to raise awareness. If you could talk a little bit about that, and then where could people find your book? What's the best place to get that? Okay. I've... Every year, for the last 13 years, I've done a golf tournament for cystic fibrosis. This year, it will be up in Park City at the Promontory Golf Course, the Jack Nicklaus Course, the Painted Valley Course, on Tuesday, June 4th. You can go to cysticfibrosis.com to look at information if people want to be a sponsor for that. We've raised about $2 million for the Utah-Idaho chapters of cystic fibrosis, and I'm grateful for that opportunity. My book, it was published by Deseret Book, B 
people can go to DesiretBook.com and type in my name or the title, Surround Yourself with Greatness. In the last few months, I filmed it, so I read the entire thing. It's about almost 12 hours of audiobook runtime, and so if you'd rather do it by audiobook, it's available, but I would encourage people to to buy the book or check it out on audiobook and, and read it and share that concept with others. How important it is for us, all of us, to surround ourselves with goodness, with greatness, and that way we have a chance to have a great and happy and peaceful life. You've sold me, so I haven't read it yet. I'm going to read it. One thing that my dad did for me when I was younger, and it was, it was among several things that all happened at a similar time that caused this transformation in me. And it was around 16, and my dad paid me $50 to read the book, How to Win Friends and Influence People, and write a report on it. <laughs> that was the same time where these F-16s flew by the stadium in Provo, Utah, and I started to develop a vision to become a fighter pilot. And so my life really came into focus. I'm going to pay my son. $25 if he'll read your book and give me a nice little report on it. And he's totally motivated to do this because he just listened to you last week. Because one of the corollaries that we've found to great leaders is that they're readers. And this is amazing, Chad. I don't know if you've heard this before, but 43% of college graduates will never read another book the rest of their life. Whoa. It's crazy. 80% of households in the United States last year did not invest in a single book. This is one of the greatest predictors of success in a person. We're talking about surrounding ourselves with greatness. I mean, that's the title of your book. You know, G-I-G-O many times is used as an acronym to say garbage in, garbage out. Well, since we're on this theme, how about greatness in, greatness out? So I really do invite all of our listeners to get your book. Surround yourself with greatness. You can get it on DesiretBook.com, Amazon, and read it. Commit to read it in the next 30 days. Easy read, nice stories. I've, I've at least glossed over so I know what's in there, and, and I'm excited to read it myself along with my son. So, Chad, thank you so much for being on this podcast. Great stories, great thoughts, a lot to ponder and think about, and any parting thoughts? What a beautiful day to be alive. There's so much goodness out there. If we focus on what we can do, we can do everything. If we focus on our challenges and obstacles, we'll be stuck in the quagmire. We've never been blessed. We've never had more opportunities to do great things. Let's do it. That's awesome. Great parting words. One last thought. Anybody who is interested in having Chad speak to their group or anything like that, you can reach out to him. His contact information is in the book. If you can't find it, get a hold of him. Write us at Support at Becoming Your Best, and we'll make the connect as well. So. Chad, thanks for being on the podcast. To all of our listeners, share this with your family. Share this with your friends. You be the catalyst for good in the world, just like Chad was alluding to right there. We're alive, we're breathing, so what better day to share and, and build ourselves and grow. So we wish you a great week wherever you're at in the world, and we'll see you next week. Thank you for listening. Would you like help to apply the 12 principles of highly successful leaders in your life, in your family, or in your organization? Call us today at 888-690-8764 to speak with a helpful representative to evaluate your situation and how we can help. Or you can visit becomingyourbest.com. Whether it's a corporate training event, keynote, workshop, trainer certification, or personal coaching, it would be our pleasure to serve your needs. Once again, call 888-690-8764 or visit becomingyourbest.com today.